0: The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the second annual Box to Row HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. GRSA has an extensive track record, of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raleigh NC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. It's the HBCU football daily podcast for today, Tuesday, July 10th. I'm your host, Donald Ware, and we're gonna stick with the CIAA's Southern Division as a matter of fact. Hope you've been enjoying these podcasts. We're in our fourth or fifth week with these. And of course, you can continue to download the podcast or listen right online at botchtorow.com. Well, let's get right to the matter at hand. And uh, you know, we've been we've been pretty good in terms of being able to speak with the head football coaches. And, you know, one of the one of the, the gentlemen, as a matter of fact, that I have on the line right now uh, has been doing this a long time and has been good at what he's done for a long – or is doing, I should say, for a long time. In his third season as the head football coach at Johnson C. Smith is Kermit Blunt, who joins us on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. What's going on, Coach Blunt? Donald,
1: how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man.
0: Good. Yeah, not not bad here. Not too bad here i um so I want to get your thoughts because you know i I looked at what you were able to do um in 2016, although i mean you you, you kind of came in and it wasn't the it, you know you didn't have a lot to work with, but I thought, hey, 2016 wasn't bad. I thought last year would be um somewhat decent, I'm sure not where you wanted things to be at two and eight. your thoughts on 2017?
1: You know, in seventeen, you know, the record-wise, we did not accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. It, you know, when you go two and eight, you're never satisfied with that. Of course, uh, uh, there's not a coach in the country that I think uh, will will be satisfied with two and eight, and, and we're certainly not. But we found some good things in that two and eight. You know, we were able to find that uh, we had some true freshmen to step in and play for us right away up front uh, on the offensive line, who I think is going to be stellar players in, in the very near future. Uh, we were missing depth uh, in, in 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 sixteen and seventeen, and I think we finally had a chance to get out and recruit and, and get the right mix of people. And now we've I think we've solved the depth problem up front. Uh, that was one of the biggest issues that we had. We 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 felt that we were really really good at the skill positions, but we needed to find the bigs up front on both sides of the ball that could compete, uh, and and we could platoon them. And uh, now I think we're at that point. Uh, we feel real good about where we are and where we're going. Um, I, 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 I don't see this football team being a two and eight team at all. Uh, I've, i, I see this football team being a very dominant team now and playing with a lot of confidence. And that was one of the things that we had to change was just changing the mindset of, of how, uh, everything was approached, how the program was approached, uh, how the players were, were approaching, how the players were approaching the game and, and, and working to get to the game, um. And uh, I think we've accomplished a, a whole lot in a short period of time. Our record may not indicate it, but when you look in it from the inside looking out, we think we're where we need to be to compete in the Southern in the Southern Division, and uh, and then ultimately getting to to Salem, Virginia for the championship game. That's our ultimate goal.
0: Yeah. No. I, and that was my point because I think three and seven and. In- in in your first year, but it seemed like you had some things in place, so the record doesn't necessarily tell the story. But to your point, can you speak to some of the guys? You you mentioned guys up front, and let's start with the offense, some of the guys you're expecting big things from in 2018.
1: Well, you know, one of the kids that stepped in, he actually came in as a defensive lineman. And, uh, you know, when we fell short on numbers and uh, we fell short on depth, we moved him over to offensive line as center, Kinston, Oxidine. Uh, ended up starting 10 ball games for us as a true freshman. Um, we think he's going to be a very dominant kid up front and, and, and to anchor our offensive line. He's a, the guy that calls all the fronts. He did this as a true freshman. Um, Octavius Miles is a big kid out of Michigan with, that we signed last year who played and started 10 ball games, got hurt and, and missed two, uh, but came back and finished the season off. Uh, so we're looking for these guys. Uh, to be stellar guys for us, and we we really feel that uh, the the nucleus with those guys getting getting playing experience last year is only is only going to help them this year become even better players. Um, so you know we're, we're we're just looking to add to that mix, um, bring back a couple of kids who were injured last year. Uh, Darrell Hall was one that didn't play last year, and uh, we're trying to get another big kid back, Alvin Brown. Um, so we're thinking uh, with the kids that we signed and what we got returning. Uh, we think we're going to be in pretty good shape, and we feel good about what we're doing.
0: We really do. For you, as a as a former quarterback and a good one, uh, I might add. At that, um, you know, there and I don't know. Maybe all of it kind of, kind of, you, you know, you got young guys, so it's sort of tough to maybe get the running game going, get that passing game going um, mm-hmm. as well. But you know, what's your quarterback situation look like? Like, if you had to uh, name a starter today, who would that be?
1: Wow, I tell you what, man, we, we very competitive at that position right now. You know, in two thousand seventeen, um, we uh we only had two quarterbacks on the roster. And both of those guys went down. Uh, we won two ball games playing a wide receiver at quarterback wow. in two thousand seventeen and uh, nobody ever realized it. But uh and I made a promise that we would never ever be in a position. Uh, as I made the promise to my staff, we'd never be in a position that we only have two quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, right now we have five on the roster, uh, possibly six. Um, and and all these kids are athletic. All of them throw the, throw the football very well. And they're very high IQ kids. Um, so if I had to name a starter right now, I'd be telling a tale to, tell to myself because I want to see this thing unfold in August to see who's going to step up and be the guy that want to run our football team. Because, you know, playing the position, understanding how valuable that position is. Uh, you know, I'm looking for a guy who can not only do it athletically, uh, but mentally be into this game and be able to carry the weight and carry 10 guys with him. And those 10 guys know when he walk in the huddle that this guy right here is the guy that we have to protect, and he's the guy that's going to stir the milk for us. So I'm waiting for August to come around because I want to see how this competition unveils. And, and as they go home in the, in the spring, um, uh, for the summer and uh, that last team meeting, uh, we always talk about there's no spotters on this football team. You got to come back and earn your position. So we're going to see how this thing unfolds in August. And uh, when we talk again in August, I'll be able to smile and give you that guy.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. That is Kermit Blunt. He's the head football coach at Johnson C. Smith. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. What is life going to be like, Coach Blunt, on defense? without carlo thomas what a spectacular player he was for you there at johnson c smith
1: wow we we, we we're we gonna miss carlo without a shadow of a doubt um
0: you know he was one of
1: those kids man that just instinctively um just seemed to have been always in the right place at the right time even when he gambled even when he was out of position he just seemed to have been a guy that that's in position and, and and you don't run across very many of those guys during your coaching career he reminded me of a kid I had at Winston by the name of Stefan Kelly, uh, who played free safety for me there, who just just anticipated the whole game. He could see it before it happened, and that's the way Carlo was. So we, we're certainly going to miss him. And and we're trying to, you know, uh, when you look at free safeties now, all you think about is, God, he's not doing the things that Carlo's doing. Well, not many guys can. Yeah. And you have to accept, accept that as a coach. Uh, but at the same time, you have to teach another guy how to become uh, a better football player at that position. And uh, you know, we think Cameron Ellis is going to be a guy that can step in. He's a lot, lot bigger and taller than Carlo. He's probably a six-four kid, about two o five, but he's a long kid, rangy kid, um, and savvy. He don't, you know, don't mind being that last line of defense. He's going to be a guy that's going to make plays for us. We think, and uh, we're just looking forward to having him to come around. Uh, you know, as that stellar player, we feel real good about our corners. Those kids have played together, this will be their third and fourth year playing together as corners Um, and and strong safety. So we we feel good about our secondary linebackers. uh, You know, we returned all of our starters from last year at linebacker, but we wanted to get bigger. So we went out and recruited and signed uh, two kids who were a lot bigger kids at linebacker, and we ended up, bringing in the transfer kid that's a lot bigger um, and, and just wanted to make sure that we solidified that depth. Up front, you know, the, the crazy part about up front, uh, Donald, is the two defensive ends played, that we played last year, they were true freshmen. And, and and both of these kids had a great freshman year, and that's Savon Williams and Jabril Robinson. So, you know, we know that these two kids are going to be kids that um, that's going to get even better and better as time goes. And uh, then inside, you know, we lost um, uh, one of our big kids up uh, in inside in, in Bullock. But, you know, we were able to uh, uh, get Cannon back healthy. Uh, Zach Cannon is a kid that we think is going to be a great three technique for us. And Marquise Gerson is coming off of the injury, but he should be okay. So, you know, we're feeling good defensively about what we have and and then what we recruited to add to the mix is going to make it even better.
0: Um. The CIAA, so you've been in the CIAA a while as a player, you know, as a coach, most notably with Winston-Salem State. Now in your third year um at Johnson C. Smith, it's now the the West. It was the I guess the South, you know, it or it was the South. It was the West. Now it's the South. Um, right. you know, how have how have you seen the CIAA and CIAA football really change in all the years you've been associated with the CIAA, of course, uh, beginning with your days as a player back at Winston-Salem State.
1: Well, you know it's funny that that we we talk about this because uh, back when I you know grew up in Richmond, Virginia, Virginia Union was the team that uh, was icon of the conference, and um, I used to watch them play every Saturday because we played our home football games on their field. Uh, so Saturdays we would go back up and watch them play, <laughs> and I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, Don. I remember Winston. uh used to come up and play, and and the Union would just have that way, man. It was just like you know, forty-one nothing, fifty-to-nothing. I'm like, man, I ain't never going to that school. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, where did I end up at? At winston Selden State, and uh, you know, and we were at the bottom of the pole, of the total pole in that whole conference. And and at that time, it wasn't East and West. It was just the best overall record won the conference um, by year two we you know we were we were what we needed to be we were the pinnacle um, we had built the program from scratch um, and uh, you know union could never beat us we finished 10-0 and they finished 9-1 and and on the only loss they had was to us um, uh, but then they, they, it changed again um, as I left the, left the conference as a player to move into the coach profession uh, of course Hampton and 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 Norfolk started to to dominate the conference. Hampton dominated for a while, uh, and then as I got back into it, Hampton was fizzling out in ninety three, ninety four, and you know it became it became Union and it became uh, uh, Central at that time. And then all of a sudden, we got the program going again at Winston, and uh, you know then for those three or four years, we kind of dominated it. Uh, at Winston, and then we decided to move on to the MEAC. Um, and, and, of course, you know, that, I pulled that car up the hill for a long time with the MEAC trying to get us there, and I thought we were ready to compete there, and then the yeah. university decided they wanted to go the other way. And uh, now, I'm back in the conference again, as uh, as head coach at Johnson C. Smith, uh, it's at anybody's conference, you know, uh, the way this thing has unfolded over the last couple of years. Uh, you just don't know what team's going to step out and, and be that team. Uh, Federal State did an excellent job last year and getting to the uh, 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 getting to the championship game. Virginia State had the perfect season. Uh, Coach Bartlow and those guys did a great job up there. Uh, so it's just just hard to say who's going to be the pinnacle. Which now the conference has a more parity than it ever has ha- have ever had. So uh, I'm looking forward to the competition. I'm looking forward to how this things going to unfold. And I've seen this conference flip over and back over again. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling to be in it now because the priority is so great.
0: Absolutely. And then lastly, um, for you being inducted into the CIAA, uh, congratulations, first of all, in terms of being inducted. Thank you, Donald. Yes, into the CIAA Hall of Fame. Very well deserved. And it's interesting because uh, your, your head coach, uh, Coach Hayes, who coached you at Winston-Salem State, was inducted into the Black College Football Hall, Hall of Fame and the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame Absolutely. this year. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, long, long overdue. But for you, what what does it mean to you to have been inducted into the CIAA Hall of Fame?
1: Wow! Um, I tell you what, I, I tell you what was uh, most exciting uh, being able to go in with uh, uh, Dr. Yancey and uh, uh, Coach McDougal from Fayetteville State who was was the head coach of Federal State when I was playing, uh, and then of course uh, uh, Ben Coates, who yep. uh, was was a great tight end within 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 himself here uh, at Livingstone in the conference, and and of course having a, a stellar pro career, and then to go in with uh, the legendary '67 uh, basketball team with Winston uh, Earl Monroe and and those guys, man, it was just an uh, unbelievable feeling, and and it, and it's only you only get to enjoy once in life because it don't happen again. Now I did say to Jackie um that, you know, it was a great honor to be inducted as a football coach and in, into the conference, uh CIW Hall of Fame, but um yeah, I might be the only guy that can come back around and be inducted as a player.
0: It's <laughs> true. Very true.
1: <laughs> so I, so I kinda of threw it out there. <laughs> but it it's just a it's just a great feeling to know that uh people think enough of you. And, uh, uh, and respect what you've done uh, to, to want you to be a, a part of such a stellar group of people. Um, and, and it's just an, it's an awesome feeling, and, and it's something that, uh, that I'm very proud of because I'm a CIAA guy for life.
0: That's right. And he's, of course, Winston-Salem State's all-time winningest coach now in his third season as the head football coach at Johnson C. Smith is the one and only Kermit Blunt. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily podcast, Coach Blunt. We appreciate the time and look forward to talking with you uh, throughout the course of the season,
1: Donald. You know, anytime I can, uh, um, I can get on with you, man. I enjoy you've been you've been doing this thing a long time yourself, Donald. You you're being kind of modest there, but <laughs> um, I always enjoy talking to you, man. And and uh, anything, anytime that I can come on and and assist you in what you're doing and and and, uh, and getting our conference out there. Uh, I'm the first guy to do it. So, anytime you need me, I'm just a phone call away.
0: Much appreciated, Coach Blunt. That, of course, Kermit Blunt, the head football coach of Johnson C. Smith, joining us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. And again, you know, 2016, you knew he was coming in. It was. You know, you're trying to establish your program, but I thought they did enough in 2016 where they could be somewhat of a contender in a weaker CIAA Southern Division. It just didn't work out that way. He had to play a lot of younger guys, um, but he feels like and he's been doing this a long time. So if he's saying he f- he feels like even though that two and eight record you played a lot of he played a lot of freshmen on last year that, um, you know, he's building a foundation is the bottom line. And uh, so I think, you know, I, th- I think Johnson C. Smith will be better, although not having Carlo Thomas, boy, that that definitely hurts the defense, but they got some other guys that can really play. That's going to wrap it up for today's HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, July the, uh, the uh, 10th, that is. And um, on tomorrow we're going to take a look at the Fayetteville State Broncos um, and – Maybe talk with the head football coach at Fayetteville State. Hopefully, Richard Hayes going to join us. Again, for more information on box to row you can log on to our website, box 2 if you're already on the website. If you've downloaded this podcast, then log on to box 2 Also, you can listen to the radio program this weekend on a radio station near you. Also, On the website at BoxYourRoad.com, you can find a radio station in your area that carries the program. 40 stations around the country and Sirius XM as, well, talk with you tomorrow.